Hey, this is Bruce Boudreau, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. everybody and welcome back to episode 194 of empty betters also welcome to 2024 with empty betters i'm your host harrison shoals i'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host nick manella for the first time this year nick what's going on my friend what's going on boys happy new year to you both it is an absolute pleasure to be with you both here today in this the year of our lord and savior jeff gordon it is 2024 get used to me saying that because i'm going to do it a lot so (laughs) we got a lot to talk about but um first and foremost did anyone else wake up today with just a little extra pep in their step maybe like its sun seemed a little bit brighter birds were chirping a little bit louder you know is it just me Mm -hmm. I think it was just you. It was 28 degrees this morning when I was outside, so I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. But uh, I mean, it might have had something to do with the fact that uh, the Caps beat the Penguins last night, but uh, it oh. might just be me. Yeah, maybe. We'll we'll talk about that a little later on. I'm sure that'll be a nice little topic of conversation. Uh, Mr. Mac Vogel, where the birds are probably not chirping and the sun might not be out up in Wisco. How are we doing, my friend? Well, I'll tell you what, I uh, it was, woke up this morning about 7.30 a.m. Um, God, it was maybe 18 degrees outside and uh, really gloomy, just no no brightness in sight, and yet a light shine within me because the Washington Capitals took down the Pittsburgh Penguins last evening. This is how we're going to start the year? Okay. Deal. No, it's fine. It's fine. We'll talk about it a little bit. You knew anybody listening, if you've been listening, you know that was going to be a topic of conversation. So we'll we'll definitely get to that in the discussion portion of the episode. But boys, I want to ask you, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? It's our first time recording since I think like December twenty first or second or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Christmas was great. New Year's was great. Uh, you know, survived Christmas with my family once again. A lot of fantastic food. Um did it over at my uncle Mike's house. My girl cousins, they did a great job um, preparing everything. Um, my cousin Megan, shout out to her. She's like super pregnant and she's about to, I think, have, have her baby in like February or something. So, um, but she's like the most unbothered pregnant woman I've ever seen. Just not even faced by it from what I've seen. So what a champ. Oh, yeah. Mackie, you have a good holiday? Yeah, it was good. I uh, got a chance to go back to the B-more DC area again for uh, about a week or so and came back here, had some friends visit me as well. My sister came to visit. One of my high school buddies came to visit. So we had ourselves a fun New Year's, fun New Year's Eve, uh, maybe a little too fun. Some might argue. I know some some are feeling the pain still. I'm I'm pretty much recovered at this point. But uh, yeah, we had a good time for sure. Always good to see friends and fam. Max recovery time is measured in seconds. Yeah. <laughs> some That's of us skill. some of us aren't uh, built different and some of us are. Okay. <laughs> some of us are getting old. <laughs> 
Mac uh, Mac gets younger. Actually, it's an aging detox when <laughs> yeah. he drinks. Some would say so. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Benjamin Button, and uh, yeah. all my friends accidentally went to the beach that makes you old. There you go. All righty. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, we've got two weeks worth of NHL news, drama, and all that good stuff. Uh, if we miss some stuff, apologies. I'm sure you guys have already heard a lot about most of the things that happened right before the new year. So we're going to hop right into it. Uh, but before we do, just want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh brackish life one more time for you www.brackish.life all righty fellas let's get into it so obviously the big event that happened uh the winter classic we just wrapped up a couple days ago uh venue was at t-mobile park home of the seattle mariners over in seattle uh the seattle kraken took on the vegas golden knights in which they defeated them three to nothing uh joey decord the first ever shutout in Winter Classic history. Now, you might be saying, Harry, I've seen outdoor games where there's been a shutout. That is not a Winter Classic. That is Gary Bettman's very own stadium series. So this is the first one on New Year's Day where we got a shutout. Vegas has now lost five of their last six. Before we talk about maybe some of the more fun things at the Winter Classic, the game, the venue as a whole, what were your guys' thoughts on it? So I actually thought the venue was pretty great. I'm not typically a big fan of them doing these games in baseball stadiums just because I don't really think it lends itself well to the overall viewing aspect of the game. But um, it looked like it was great. It looked like everyone, for the most part, was relatively as on top of the ice as you can get. I will say, personal opinion here, a little bit of a snooze fest. Uh I understand that there's a lot of like pregame ceremonies that goes into a giant, like a giant NHL event like this on New Year's Day. But like, I texted you both this, like, holy shit, drop the puck. Like, that it, was the it most was so painful. That I'll even go one further. That was the most boring game I have ever watched in my life. I, I got through the first <laughs> period and went over to soccer, guys. I'm not going to lie. It was. It was hard to watch, and I, I hate that I'm saying that, but a 3 nothing game, I think it was one nothing up until, like, the end of the second or start of the third. You, you know, I'll put it this way. The highlight for the NHL of this day was Biz body slamming Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when you know that things are going slow. Yeah. Mac, what do you think? I pretty much agree. I mean, I, I liked uh... – I mean, obviously, you can only tell so much about the venue from TV, but I, all, all the overhead shots looked nice. I thought everything looked looked pretty sick. But, yeah, I kind of agree. Kind of a snooze fest of a game. I also just hate not even just the pregame, but, like, all the intermissions take, like, twice as fucking long because they're putting yeah. some fucking band out there. And it's like, Jesus, all right, like, guess I'm going to wait, like, 40 minutes in between periods. I also wonder if that doesn't have something to do with the fact that, like, these teams come out and aren't, like, playing super like gelled hockey on an ice surface that already isn't great. It's like, all right, well, they just warmed up and now they're ice cold again. And now like, you know what I mean? Like it just, it doesn't lend itself to like good hockey either. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense that 
it was shitty. <laughs> I wish these games were good still. The first like two winter classics were unbelievable yep. to watch. That yep. first one in Buffalo will always be the best. And that's yep. a guy that's like a notorious Penguins hater where, you know, the Penguins win and Crosby scores the winner in a shootout. I still go back and rewatch that game every now and then because of how good it was. Yeah. Um, I think the one the following year with the Blackhawks and the Red Wings that was like six to three or something like that. That was a great watch too. But yeah. like, oh my God, they've just gone so far down. Or uh, how about like the Flyers Rangers one that one year? That one was uh that was a winter classic, right? That wasn't I a think so. I think it yeah, I think it was Flyers Rangers. Are you talking about the Yager salute yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one, one where Rupper did that. Yep. yep. That was a great, great one. Even like, I think it was 2014, the Leafs and the Wings at the Big House. That was. Yep. Yeah, that was a shot. Caps, right? Blackhawks, a little more recent, and I'm biased, but that was a, a hell of an entertaining game. At Caps, least. Yeah, Penguins one was great, and yeah, that was yeah. at like the peak of the Crosby-Ovechkin hatred yep. and that rivalry. Yeah, so no, it, It's certainly fallen off in the last five or so years, though. Well, and I, I don't know how much of it is like the winter classic or like just these fucking stadium series, man. Like it just it kills the, the it cheapens it. Yeah, it cheapens it. It's not as special as, as it was. Um, Yeah, I mean, the game was a snooze fest. I do have to ask this since we saw them on ice, the full kits. What did we think of the uniforms? Like if you had to combine the uniform rating on a one to ten scale, what are we what are we looking at? Nick, do you want to go first or second? No, after you. All right. I think. The Seattle uniforms were excellent. I personally thought they were t- so good that I would like to see that become like a regular jersey for them or at least an alternate. I have no critiques. I thought those jerseys were phenomenal. Um, the Vegas ones sucked. And mm. I also said this, if you've watched our YouTube video about uh, worst jerseys, I said this on there at some point. I've yet to see a Vegas Golden Knights jersey that I actually enjoy. And this holds true even after seeing that one. So, what would you give an overall score of a one to 10? Like, say you're taking a bite of pizza, they tell you to rate it. Like, you, your eyes just looking at the ice with the uniforms. I'm not sure why you had to uh, use a pizza analogy. I know what I'm a hungry. one to ten scale is. <laughs> um, I'm hungry, but this the Seattle uniform gets like a ten for me. I really have no edits. I thought they were awesome. The Vegas one gets like a, I don't know, like a four or five. Mm. Nick, I kind of have to echo everything Mac just said, and I'm I will say this. I <laughs> I will say this when the Vegas ones came out. I thought they were a lot worse than what I saw on the ice. When I saw them on the ice, they actually looked better. I will go ahead and bump Vegas up to a five out of 10 there. I just didn't love the, like, it just seemed like it was too much cream. And then like a very thin stripe of yellow across the top. Again, I don't love them using this like off gray over just going with the full black, like for the numbering, but um, I don't love like the 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 numbering and like the the font they use. And I know I'm really nitpicking here, but this is a very fashion conscious podcast. So um with Seattle, I will go ahead and give that a solid eight. I thought they were fantastic. I don't know if I can go full 10, but a solid eight. Um if the Kraken had a, a player, you know, that I actually enjoyed watching play, I would definitely get one of those for sure. Yeah, Literally. Probably the best way to put it. It's like I would go Baneers, but like, you know, for personal reasons why I can't do that. I'd, so I'd go McCann. I could get a McCann jersey. Yeah. But maybe Berkey. Biased. 
But you know it's bad when you're like, yeah, he, that's the most exciting player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely an issue. Yeah, Jordan Crack- Eberle for sure. Never. Um, Kraken, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go like nine, probably like a nine out of ten. They were pretty solid. I, I enjoyed them. I knew I was going to like them. So Vegas, the uniform itself, it was a little better than I thought it would turn out. I'll tell you the one part I loved. I really like these. I don't know if you guys got to see this, but on their helmets, they had a, a font on the side that said Vegas and cursive. And it was like black with like a brownish outline. I thought that looked really clean. I wish they would have incorporated that like more on the logo or even just make it like the logo itself. Maybe like a 6.2 for Vegas, something like okay. that. They're all right. That's fair. I, I don't get why Seattle, you know, whether you stick <clears throat> with that red S or you don't, isn't using that sweater as their primary home one anyways, because that two stripe design over the Navy blue is just fantastic. It's so clean. So good. Looked really nice. So uh, since this is a fashion conscious podcast, I think we have to talk about the pregame fits, which might've made more headlines than the actual jerseys themselves. So if you're new to hockey or you're new to listening here, um, it seems like an annual tradition at this point for outdoor games where players will arrive to the game and walk into the uh, stadiums, arenas, um, all kind of coordinated in some type of outfit that fits with the theme. I think the Oilers did like, you know, the oil, like Oilers, like with the hard hats and like the uh, construction vest one year. I'm pretty sure the Bruins did like an old school Red Sox theme where they all wore baseball jerseys. Um, well, this year, we had the Vegas Golden Knights roll up in Elvis outfits, and we had the Seattle Kraken roll up as fishermen. I want to ask you what your thoughts are on this tradition as a whole and perhaps these in particular. I feel like the Vegas team should have just done like bottle service girls or something. I feel like that epitomizes Vegas a little bit better than Elvis does. Um, I'm totally kidding, but... Uh, I don't know. I think the Seattle Fisherman one made more sense to me. Um, I don't know if you guys saw like when they were walking out, they were doing like the tossing of like the fish back and forth to like at that fish market there. Um, The Vegas like with. And I know this is like so specific, but when I see a bunch of guys dressed up like Elvis, Harry, it reminds me of a bunch of, of a very certain fraternity that we used to go to college with. And you know which one I'm talking about because they definitely did this one as a Halloween costume, like 20 of them. And it just reminded me of like a very, very average, cheap, shitty party city kind of like group costume. Say something nice about the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, give me give me one thing. They did, in fact, win a Stanley Cup after I said the Buffalo Sabres were going to do it before them. Fair enough. And that's probably one of the best Internet takes ever. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I, I can't decide how I feel about like this tradition. I guess it's kind of cool sometimes. I also kind of agree. I feel like Vegas kind of missed the point. I, to me, I didn't think it was supposed to be a theme about like your team. Like, for example, when the Caps did their stadium series last year in North Carolina. They all came out wearing like college football. Like what was it? The um, I'm blanking the football movie that was set there. Um, uh, whatever. Anyway, it was based on Remember where they the were Titans. Yeah. It was based okay. on where they were playing the game. It's not like they came out wearing like, like, secret service uniforms because they're from dc you know what i mean like it, yeah i don't really get why vegas was like yeah we're vegas so elvis like, so we're all elvis 
Like it had nothing to do with the game. Like I thought it was supposed to be about that, which is why like Seattle did. I don't know, whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but it's a social media trend, guys. Let's be real. It is. It's for Instagram. And I I get it. It's part of the game now. I'm not saying I'm I'm poo pooing it, but yeah, yeah, I definitely liked Seattle's look a little bit better than Vegas. Did you guys see what? uh, uh, Ebbs had to say about the the Seattle outfits where a bunch of the boys wanted to go tarps off under like the fishing overalls. I did see that. He said they were going to look like firefighter strippers if they <laughs> did that. <laughs> that was a great quote. I did yeah. see that. I like the tradition. I think it, I think it's something different. But I agree with Mac. I mean, and I guess you too, Nick. I, I'll echo what you guys say, as as uh, Nick likes to say. But yeah, the va- the Elvis thing. I was like, all right, like I get it, but like. Remember that one wasn't the one game in like Tahoe during COVID and like I think it was the Bruins in Vegas or something. I can't I can't remember. I know Pasternak showed up with like the the ski goggles. And yeah, that was like the big that was like, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's about where you're playing. That's why yeah. I'm like, what what dumbass? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's the players that think of this too that are like supposed to come up with it for the team. Like it's usually like one of the captains or somebody, a locker room guy that's like, this is what we're gonna do. So some dumbass on Vegas was like, oh, no, let's do Elvis. Like yeah. an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. And, and Ivan then, Barbashev is just a huge Elvis Presley fan. <laughs> the Ruskies, you know how it is. <laughs> um, and then really cool uh, story here. Post game, actually, Brandon Tanev was pouring beers for fans at a local bar watching the Washington College football playoff game. Need more of that in hockey. That's that's awesome. Uh, good community stuff. I love Turbo. Um, great player, greater guy off the ice, and a big win for uh, for the Huskies there. Yeah, and I'll absolutely be pulling for them on Monday night. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so uh, shout out Turbo. Good guy. Winter Classic overall, just kind of average. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't really do it for me like it used to. Maybe it was the matchup, I will say. Those two teams don't excite me all that much. I know Vegas is fresh off a cup win, but – you know, when you look at their roster, I mean, Eichel, best player. I love Jack Eichel. I think For he's sure. good, but you got to get like your Matthews or McDavid's or Crosby's or Ovi's in there. So just my uh, overall thought. Um, all right, moving on. We uh, got a big milestone here for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Steven Stamko set the new record for games played for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He suited up in his 1,038th career game, eclipsing the record set by his former teammate, Vinny LeCavier. I can't, like, fathom how this, like, has happened because in my brain, he just got drafted in the years, like, 2011, and we're still, like, kind of living that whole, like, No, era. like, two years ago was... is on the Flyers now, but he's yeah. still playing. Two yeah. years ago, NHL 12 came out with Steven Stamkos on the cover, boys. Like, come on. Yeah, it's just that's crazy to me that he's the all time leader in games played. It's madness. But like, as it should be, like he's he's Mr. Tampa Bay. He is. We'll see if that remains after this year. A little pending. Uh, pending oh, he's free not leaving. He's not leaving. I don't I don't think he wants to, but I mean, I doubt they'd get rid of him. I don't think he can. Yeah, I don't think he can. But um, shout out to Stammer. That's a great milestone. Another big milestone that's incoming or that already happened, actually. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, he appeared in his 1,000th career game on New Year's Eve against the Winnipeg Jets. That does include, like, backup coming into the game if he wasn't playing that day, so it's not starts, just to clarify. 
Um, he still needs one more win to tie Patrick Waugh for second most wins in NHL history. Um, so that should be hopefully coming shortly. I bet on that last night. Didn't work in my favor. Was pretty pissed off on that one. Uh, the Wilder in shambles. Not actually, but they just always lose when I bet them. Thoughts on Flower being second all time in wins. I mean, that's pretty nuts. That's huge. Um, it's definitely, I think, one of the bigger sports milestones across the big four major North American sports that we will definitely see in our lifetime. I mean, especially because we sort of grew up at the tail end of the Patrick Waugh saga and just seeing how dominant he was on a night in, night out basis. That's great company to be in. Top three goalies all time in wins, French Canadian, Brodeur, Fleury, Waugh. That's yep. uh Pretty pretty cool there, honestly. Absolutely. Um, all right. We're going to move on to the discussion portion of the episode. But before we do, I think Nick has a word from our sponsor, Kane Footwear. Absolutely. Well, you just talked about Steven Stamkos and Flower playing well over a thousand games each. I mean, at this point, they probably are using Kane Footwear because Kane Footwear is the best way for your body to recover post-workout. The Kane Revive is changing the way you recover with bounce back foam made from Brazilian sugarcane technology. It's great for you while also being biodegradable and great for the environment. Head to the link in our bio today to get a pair of the most comfortable shoes you will ever own. Check them out. They just restocked a bunch of their colorways post Christmas. So I know y'all got Christmas money, maybe from grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad. Put that to good use and do something good for your body. And Santa. Yeah, Santa too, of course. We need a Tampa Bay Lightning themed cane footwear. That would look that would look cool. Spiffy. Give me a little silver blue black action. That would be nice. Nice. Um, they really need to bring back the black unis, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, they the gotta old, ditch the two-tone. Yeah, yeah a little little Brad Richards, Marty St. Louis era. That's that's what we need. Um, all right. So let's chat the Winnipeg Jets, a team that we usually are not talking about in the discussion portion, but they've earned their right this time. The Jets have been the best team in the NHL since November 1st. They are 17-5-2 in that span. Connor Hallibuck, he's going to definitely be up there for uh, for Vesna candidate, I think, in terms of like goals expected. Uh, he's like second behind Demko. The Jets have really turned it on. Um, do you guys think that they can actually hang on like this? I mean, I think they're leading the Central Division right now. This one's crazy to me. I like barely even recognize that this has been happening for the last like two-ish months. But um, I don't know. I I want to say no, just because my preseason predictions, I don't even know if I had them in the playoffs. They're definitely way better than I anticipated. And I think the the signing early on of Hellbuck and Shifley definitely helped give that team a big jump, but they, I mean, they've got guys that are playing really well, uh, like Perfetti, like Brendan Dillon. I don't think anyone thought he still had as much gas left in the tank as he clearly does. Um, so yeah, they're, I mean, they're definitely surprising people. Um, that division is also full of some other kind of interesting surprises like Minnesota, not really being good. I don't think a lot of people, saw that coming. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, but I think there's no reason to believe that they should regress. This seems like this will be a team that stays relatively hot. I mean, can they stay that hot? Probably not. I don't think anyone can, but I definitely think they're a playoff team at this point. I totally agree. I think, you know, we all kind of dumped on this team, probably not making the playoffs at the, in our season previews at the beginning of this year. Uh, 
it's been really impressive to see what Hellebuck has done. I mean, we all know he's a world-class goaltender. Um, I think would hands down be the the guy to go once uh, the NHL finally sacks up and sends the boys back overseas for the Olympics. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been great to see. And um, definitely for like the redheaded stepchild of the Canadian seven teams, they really don't get talked about all that much. And I would say, you know, looking at how close they've kept it with Colorado and now eclipsing them in that central division. I really hope they do make the postseason, and I hope they go on a run here and I, I think they will. Yeah, this is all with Kyle Connor out. Let's keep that in mind. He's been out for a few weeks. I think he's going to be out till the end of of January. I think I last saw um, Cole Perfetti, a guy who has stepped in in, in his absence, gotten some power play time. He's looked pretty good. Um, Velarde, uh, I yep. know he's had some injury problems this year, but I follow too. Yeah, they're they're both clicking right now. And um, I let's talk just real quick. Mark Shifley, this guy has been through the ringer in Winnipeg. I mean, through the ups, the downs, when they were sick, when they were bad, when they said they were going to trade him and Wheeler and clean house, he stuck around the entire time and he's having a career year. He's got 36 points in 36 games, first line center leading the way for the boys. I think he definitely deserves some props. One of the few fantasy bright spots for your boy this season. He has absolutely been my best player. Yeah, for sure, especially as of late. And uh, one last thing, I saw this on Twitter. I think it was Nathan Grev who tweeted this, but that Niederreiter, Lowry, and Appleton third line, they've been one of the best third lines in hockey, if not one of the best lines in hockey in general in terms of yeah, scoring chances. Yeah, no, they've they've looked really good. So uh, Winnipeg turned it on. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're a playoff team. I, I know that's kind of prisoner of the moment, but – they look pretty good. If you had uh, me put money on it today, I, I would say playoff team for sure. Oh, for sure. Yep. One point behind Colorado for the division lead with two games in hand. So that's a uh, yeah. a little tidbit there. Jets fans uh, are listening, being like, playoff team, we're going to win the division. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and and Stanley Cup. Yeah, right. I'm trying Sorry, to bring yes. up. I don't know about uh, I'm trying to bring up the Stanley Cup odds, actually make playoff odds. We've got the Jets. Oh, they're minus a thousand. Yeah, so they're gonna make playoffs. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that one. Um I will say though, like, I mean, that team gets into the playoffs, even if they go in, let's say they fall off the face of the earth the second half of the season. They go in as like the second wild card seed in the West. I want no part of that team in the playoffs yeah. if I'm in the West. Yeah. I mean, no. we always talk about how in 2018, if we would have gotten the Jets instead of uh instead of the Knights caps, I have no Toast. idea. I don't know, man. Toast. Yeah. That was a scary team. I feel like we've mentioned that a couple times on this show before. And it's interesting that you guys say that. I, I don't know. I, I guess it, in that time, I thought Winnipeg would have given you a better fight for sure. Yep. Um, all right. And speaking of Winnipeg, um, this one got some traction over the weekend. Uh, so Cole Perfetti and Ryan Hartman, they had a little situation here uh, in the most recent meeting for these teams. Uh, I'm going to read a Twitter thread kind of paraphrasing, because if I read the whole thing, I'll fumble fuck it and you'll fall asleep. Uh, Mike McIntyre for the Minnesota Wild. He tweeted this, Ryan Hartman flat out told Cole Perfetti he deliberately high-sticked him in the face as payback for the Brendan Dillon, Kirill Kaprizov play a, a day earlier. Uh, Cole Perfetti said that in his post-game interview, he also said that he was mic'd up for the game and his microphone caught 
that statement from Ryan Hartman. Uh, Rick Bonus just told Cole Perfetti um, about, or I'm sorry, Cole Perfetti told his coach about the Ryan Hartman comments. Bonus kind of just said, keep it to yourself. Don't say anything. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw this come over, but apparently per the NHLPA and NHL agreement, that audio cannot be used against Hartman. So instead of getting the maximum fine per the CBA, he gets $4,000 fine instead of getting the audio released. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Like, is it bad that part of me is like, hey, at least he said he did it deliberately. You know, at least he was upfront about honest. it. Yeah, like, I mean, I, you know, you look at what happened. I, you know, we all know Hartman's never going to back down. He's probably going to be one of the first guys on the wild to retaliate in a situation like that. I, is it a little bit like gutless to just like lift your stick up on a face off and blast a guy in the face? Sure. Like if you just want to like run him real hard into the glass, you know, I, I'd almost rather see that, you know, obviously maybe not head first or something, but um, I think it's interesting. I, I sort of understand why it can't be used against him, but um, yeah, it is what it is. And I, I really hope that in some weird, weird world, we get that in the playoffs or something. That would be awesome. Yeah, I feel like it's it's just like what you said. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, I get that somebody has to pay. You're mad that your superstar got hurt the day before or whatever, but don't be don't be a bitch about it and high stick somebody in the face. Like fight somebody. Like if like you're you wanna a, go, let's just go. I'll sort this now. Yeah, if you're such a yeah. tough guy, let's fucking fight about it like fair and square. Don't just cheap shot me with your stick. Like that's kind of brutal. Also, like Perfetti had nothing to do with the Kaprizov thing. He's also not like their superstar. It's a really random guy to pick and be like, you're going to pay for this now. Like, yeah, okay. It that's a great point. It definitely is a little bit of like, hey, man, maybe you want to pick on someone your own size. You know, Perfetti and Hartman, I, I don't think are necessarily in the same school of grittiness for sure. It's super random. Yeah, Mac, it's funny you said that because Perfetti said in his interview, he said, quote, kind of a weird thing to come out and admit it. He blatantly said it was for what happened Saturday, even though I didn't do anything in the play. I had nothing to do with it. We'll see him whenever we play him again down the road. We got the last laugh winning both games. There you go. Classic scoreboard and walk away. I mean, in case I didn't explain it well when I was reading it and fumble fucked my words like I promised you I would. Um basically Ryan Hartman high stick Cole Perfetti for, for having the wild, like get hurt the game before, even though he had nothing to do with it. I don't know. It's just a strange, I, like also the wild would have gotten hurt anyways, because that's what they've been doing since the season started. I mean, no offense, but like, you know, look at how many injuries that team has. It's an absolute mess over there right now. Well, Gustafson's out. Kaprizov's out. Those are probably the Brody, two most important players Spurgeon. in the team. Yeah, it's it's brutal right now. So um, we'll see what goes down in mini, but just a strange, strange thing going on. And if you're asking yourself, well, why can't they release the audio? I'm pretty sure in the agreement when they signed this, they they didn't want guys getting hot mic'd basically um, because we all know that they say some things that probably shouldn't be uh, released to the public or might put some people up in arms. So um, that's kind of why. Uh, all right, moving on. I am fired up for this segment. This one's going to be juicy. Let's talk Leafs goaltending. Ilya Samsonov has been demoted to the AHL. He is dead last in the NHL out of 85 goaltenders to suit up this season in goal saved above expected. I think it's worth mentioning to uh, the two Caps fans on this podcast. 
Banachek is third to last on that list. What is now granted, let's let's paint the picture here. Martin Jones shut out for the Leafs in LA against the Kings. That's nothing to sneeze at right there. I mean, that's Total pretty impressive. <laughs> well, yes, I agree. But um what what are we thinking here? What's what's up with Sammy? He cleared waivers, he's still he's still with the Leafs. What's going on? I just feel so bad for this guy because we sort of alluded to this at the beginning of the season when he went there and even last year when he went there, like it was not good in DC when he left. It it was a problem. I mean, we saw the playoff series where they went into the, the playoff series. I think Mac, what was it against the Bruins where they went in with Craig Anderson, Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek and had a ton of injuries. Correct. Yeah. Like, it, it was not good. It went downhill from there. It got a little bit better in the Florida series where he had one or two good games. But it like, I mean, there was a reason why we were calling this guy the muffin man for a while. And I mean, we were saying, you know, when he went there that it was bad in D.C. It's going to be so much worse when this guy gets to Toronto. And that's exactly what happened. And I want to read you guys some things that I pulled here about this, what I call the Maple Leafs goaltending dingus committee, because that's exactly what it is. 2003-2024, the three goaltenders that they have had played for them as we are recording this before the new guy starts tonight, Joseph Wall, Martin Jones, Ilya Samsonov. How do we feel about that? Horrible. Also, they ended up going with Jones again tonight, by the way. Right. Okay. Let's back up to last year. Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov, Joseph Wall, Eric Kahlgren. How do we feel about that? Yeah, no. I... <laughs> Tough contenders. But wait, oh. there's more. Let's back up to 2021-2022. Jack Campbell, Peter Mrazek, Eric Kahlgren, Joseph Wall, Michael Hutchinson. How do we feel about that? It's like a recycling bin of, of it, it, that's exactly, average goaltenders. Perfect way to put it. They literally are like, mm, what are you guy, doing? This guy like, was a third string goalie in the NHL three years ago. Let's sign him like, for nothing. You're bringing in Ryan Reeves that you're giving money to instead of paying for a goaltender. Yeah. And then meanwhile, we're hearing about how the, they've already got a, a deal done for what's his nuts. And it's like, dude, focus on the goal. Like focus you're worried on about Tavares and Marner and Nylander. Right. I'm like, right. oh my God, stop the puck. Like, I, I don't know how the next thing this team does can't be fixing the busted leaking pipe that is your goaltending situation. You know, it's hilarious how like Leafs fans and Oilers fans always jaw at each other for being like, you know, like, oh, you're never going to win a cup. You choke all the time, blah, blah, blah. Our superstar is better, blah, blah, blah. They're just the same fucking team. One's in the East, one's in the West. Yeah. Like they just both score a bunch of goals. They have a ton of awesome show show offy offensive talent that's really impressive and then none of them can keep the fucking puck out of their net like and it's been that way for like three years and we're always having this conversation with both of them being like how is your next move not signing like a star-studded goaltender and building or just a competent one at the very least right like give me like a solid 1b starter oh, like oh god I think it's worth mentioning they currently sit 10th in the NHL in goals against average per game at 3.34. They're the only team as of January 3rd, 2024, who's in a playoff spot that is in the last 10 or top 10, whichever way you want to flip-flop it. And I know Leafs fans will be like, oh, what what are they? They're currently second in the Atlantic or something, Yeah, I think. That's fine and dandy. You can get through the regular season like that. How did your postseason go last year? Yeah. 
Yeah, because you know how the postseason goes, and we saw it when they played Florida. When you can't score four to five goals a game and you got to play a tough 2-1, 3-2 game, the saves matter, the timely saves matter, and they're, they don't have anyone on their roster who can do that right now. It's I I feel so bad for Sammy and because and I think the port like the portion of that that really gets at me is like his coach isn't even defending him anymore. Like Sheldon Keefe has basically said like this guy is not good. Shelved him. Yeah, he shelved him. Now we're sitting on our high ground here, being like, oh poor Sammy. We probably have dumped on Ilya Samsonov more than any other media outlet, medium, small, large, whatever size. So let's uh, let's calm yeah. it here. We're not we're not good people in terms of the Ilya. But that was that was personal. Those were my boys, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I want to ask you this because this is I was texting you guys this right before we started recording, and Friedman was just on um, NHL Network talking about this. It is rumored that William Nylander is going to re-sign with the Leafs um, sometime before the end of the month. Uh, Elliot was saying maybe as early as this weekend per Kiprios for eleven. $0.25 0.25 million dollars eight years thoughts comments again it's what i just said you're focusing on the wrong thing here good for you you signed another offensive superstar good luck with that <laughs> i mean you it's, have to but it's just the way the contract situation Do you have to though like you have i think enough... with him he's actually earned that money though with how good out I, of those I'm three not or saying four he's not worth it i'm just saying put the money somewhere else like at, at a certain point it's like do you need another offensive talent still like like the other guys you have might be enough like I'm I not saying don't Marner. you can't let him go though right like you can't just no. let him walk i mean sure yeah. sure sure but like yeah, I guess maybe maybe Marner let him go, and then maybe you get some cap room there. But I still right. just don't believe they're going to use that to 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 sign a goal. That, that's they're going to have to move contract. someone. Yeah. Well, well, that Tavares contract kind of fucked him because like yeah, he's still did. a good player, but he's on the back end. And yeah, yeah what you saying? You called it. Oh, big time. What when we started this podcast was John Tavares a Leaf? I can't remember. What year did he sign in Toronto? Does anybody remember? Uh, he, yeah, I think he would have been. He would. Okay. Been. He should have been. By 2019, he was definitely a Leaf. So uh, it's just interesting to see how it unfolds because they obviously would like to keep Matthews, Marner, Nylander, but that Tavares contract, nobody's going to take him at that price. Yeah, I think you'll get teams to, to bite at Marner. I think what the Leafs would need oh, to yeah. ask for in return would be astronomical, though. Yeah, they could get a lot – or some defense – Right. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. But um, anyways, again, yet again, we have another episode where either the Leafs or the Oilers get a nice little uh, 10 to 15 minute segment here. It's uh, always going to work like that, I guess. Uh, this next discussion part, I really don't feel like talking about this, but because it's on here and we waited a day to record just to specifically watch this game, I guess we'll have to address it. Pens, Caps. Last night, wild game, 4-3, Caps win. Your guys' from-the-hip thoughts. Uh, Mac, you nailed it when you texted us in the group saying Kemperer's new groove. Uh, That guy was absolutely unreal last night. It is by far and away the best I have seen him play. Periods two and three, he was standing on his head the entire time. Um, 
in unfortunately prototypical Capitals fashion this season. It started off great and then it was, you know, cardiac arrest all the way until the end. So, um, you know, love to see Ovi get on the board. I loved the first period from the Washington Capitals. They had so much jump. They were moving the puck so well. The Penguins basically looked like cones out there uh, to them, which was fantastic to see. And, um, you know, I knew there was going to be a pushback coming. Harry, when you texted and you said, like, this is going to overtime, I was like, oh, I don't doubt that at all. Like, <laughs> that is just going to happen. And I am just so happy that they they hung on and it did not go to overtime because I feel like the Caps last 12 games have gone to extra yeah. time. Oh, Caps fans all know, like, there was there – was- People on Caps Twitter, like diehard Caps fans, while it was four nothing, being like, "We're losing this game." By the way, just so everyone knows, <laughs> like, I've seen I, this movie before. I no, know how it I, ends. I, I did kind of feel the same way, but yeah, Kemper had a couple of absolutely insane saves. Um, love, love the the goal from Wilson right out of the gate. That's that's just tremendous. We never do that anymore. It feels like, let alone, we never score the first goal of the game, let alone, you know, first minute or whatever it was. So that was sick. Um, Unreal shot too. I mean, Oh yeah. No one's stopping that. No, that was sick. Um, Obviously love to see Ovi get the game winner. I love the, I love what they did with the power play there, switching it up, Uh, put him in, put him in a little bit of a different spot. He made it look effortless too. Just a, an absolute wicked wrister. Um, Yeah. I mean, we could, we could talk about the game all day long. We all watched it. Most of you listening probably watched it or you heard what happened. So we don't really need to recap everything that happened. However, I think one of the more uh, interesting discussion things that we could talk about is how painful that broadcast was. boys. Oh, yeah. Good point. I I agree. You know, everybody watched the game. So what Um, deserve to win a meter? Just want to shout that out. Max. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. That was actually so crazy. (laughs) uh, uh, The famous uh, Penguins Twitter graphic that people have to pull out. I don't know how they generate those probably some advanced analytic thing but it was like pens had like a 83 percent deserve the win meter but Kemper stood on his head you're right yeah um that broadcast let's talk about this real quick so that was one of the most horrific broadcasts I have ever watched in my 27 years of watching hockey I, I don't know what that was it sucks that we're like here now that this is where we're at with it because i feel like we were so spoiled with watching nbc sports have the coverage and before that like do you guys remember versus like when joe yeah. b was calling like national yeah. games on versus and then yeah, we have taken several steps backwards oln yeah. the outdoor lifetime network was right this. Ugh, it was bad yeah so butchie gross on the mic and i'm usually a fan of him but I sent you guys this tweet, and this tweet summed up the experience of watching that game last night. That was catered towards someone who has never watched a game of hockey before. And I get it. Grow the game. You know, you want to try to attract the casuals. I understand that. But to a certain point, it's like, this is painful. And and there was a tweet that I I think I saw, Mac, you liked it. It was like the quote from Butchie Gross where Malkin literally – just drove the net with one hand on his stick, like a you know classic power forward move. And Butchie goes, and that's Malkin using his Hall of Fame offensive flair to get to the net. I'm like, bro, he just fucking skated. Like, 
I don't know. It what sounded you're... like like a like an NHL video game where you yes. got like what's his name, yeah. who's like not even like a real like, James Sabolsky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's just like saying exciting things to like get you fired up or whatever. And it's like he's got that superstar ability or whatever. It's yeah. like yeah, it sounded like that. It's like like this isn't an doing? episode of like, fucking Power Rangers, guys. Like get no, it like, together. Yeah, no, straight up that. And also, Harry, I feel like even you could admit the Penguins like suck off jobs that were going on last it was night were. Four- or nothing yeah. like, in the first period like worse than i've ever fucking seen yeah. like no it was bad so bad so bad did you they... hear the part did you hear the part where i think the penguins got a power play and butchie girl said and just like the capitals the penguins power play has been trashed this yeah, season he yeah did, they kept using like millennial like or like he called that, the caps even, yeah. mid at one point he yes, was like the caps yeah. have been mid this season i was like yeah. i am turning this off now yeah. like i was like why are we using like the casual like why do i feel like i'm talking to like a buddy right now like it, yeah like, like, i don't be know professional like do the fucking like and know. and you know kevin weeks loving the death but you know, he's dealing with Butchie Gross kind of taking over the mic and he's doing the best he can. Yeah. Callahan is a snooze fest. Steve Levy at intermission is probably the worst, <laughs> worst thing I, I could let me run it. I, I, I can't even fucking read also, quotes like, when we record. It's but so I can do that. bad just having him and PK. Like, it's not to me, bad. it's not even like about one or the other being bad. <laughs> or I don't really necessarily have a huge problem with either of them, but it's just like. It's it's so stupid having two people sit there. It yeah. looks it looks horrible. Like it just looks dumb as shit. It's like, oh, you 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 guys are just hanging out watching the game together. Like what? Like you need like a host who's like yes. just a like TV Liam host, McHugh, like ask and the then at least he, like, two analysts where you go one yeah. to the next. Yeah. No. It. It. Oh my god. It's and Levy's so Levy's stupid. not the guy. There's very few people who could probably host and have input. He's not that guy. No. He's no, not. I would say Liam McHugh's that guy. No, and he's incredible. And he's incredible at it. And, and he and can do it with like every major sport. It's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. I honestly, like out of all the NHL national broadcasts we've had to suffer through this year, I'm going to die on this hill. Kenny Albert has been the best. Yeah. yeah he's he's oh, awesome. I like Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have no problem with Kenny. Last thing I I'll say about- I also wish John Forslund would leave mm-hmm. Seattle and go back to <laughs> national stuff. He's good. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about this broadcast, and I know people have complained about this. There is some type of lag going on. It's with so bad. Audio. So their audio is behind the video because there was a couple crossbars that got hit where the puck was already in the corner or going towards the corner, and you could just hear the ping. And when the Caps went up one nothing, I got the notification from the score that the Caps were up one nothing. I'm like, I have every fucking cable streaming whatever because I'm a loser. And I'm just like, how am I behind on this? It just makes no sense. I'm It drives me insane. Yeah. So anyways. I also like, I mean, I don't love the fact that that game was only on ESPN Plus or Hulu. That, that really sucks. How dumb is it that ESPN was like, yeah, give us hockey. We want to grow the game. Yeah. Oh, but we're not going to put it on our actual channel. You got to no, know. Do you know what was on table. instead? Like, College basketball. Yeah. In it's... January. Yeah. Which yeah. does not matter. No. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Anyways, we move on. We could probably go on about that forever. Um, Connor McDavid, he just played in his 600th NHL game recently with 903 career points and counting at the ripe age of 26. How high do you believe he can finish his career on the all-time points list? Oof. 
903 at 26 is insane to think about. Levy turns 27 this month. I can't decide if I think he's going to be second or third, but I think both of those are well within his grasp. I agree. I'm not about to like try and do some kind of fucking equation to figure out like at what rate he's going to score and like where he might end up. But I have full confidence he'll be second or third by the end of his career, barring any crazy and injury. Basically, if you if you're not aware, what second or third means is clearing about 1,900 points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you look at the top three, Gretz, obviously, that'll not get touched. No, um, no one's Yogg's, ever catching that. Yogg's at second with 1921, Messier at third with 1887, and then Gordy Howe at fourth with 1850. I I cannot see a universe where he's not top five. Uh, he's easily going to be top five. And if you disagree, right, like you can logic it out, like look at Crosby. He just surpassed Joe Thornton last night. He's 12th at 1540. If you get, you know, he has all the concussions and stuff. He probably missed over 200 games in his career. But David doesn't have that. He's had one major injury his rookie season and he missed half a year. I mean, he's he's easily going to go top five. And you're talking about a guy who's going to pass Joe Sakic, Mario Lemieux, Steve Eiserman, Ron Francis. And he's probably going to pass Sidney Crosby and Ovi. I mean, I, you know, probably. It's, what it, it's what it is. He's, Definitely in points. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Not goals, but yeah, points. Yeah. He's he's gonna go up there. So I don't know. It's uh pretty crazy to think about. You guys think top five for sure? Top five, I think, is a mortal lock. Like uh obviously there's a lot of, you know, intangibles there, health, you know, his continued at this rate kind of thing, but another pandemic. Yeah, the, honestly, <laughs> another lockout, another CBA debacle, yeah, but like who knows what could happen. But yeah, um, barring anything crazy like that, there's no reason he shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, getting shipped to Arizona, you know. Oh, uh, there was a he did his postgame presser after their their win and I didn't watch it, but I saw people commenting on it like, "Oh my god, he's so leaving Edmonton in 2 years." And I was just like, I w- I was at work, so it's like I can't listen to this, but man, I want to hear what he had to say. But that's making people freak out. <laughs> um, just to kind of put this in perspective, 26 years old, uh 600 NHL games, he already has more career points than some of the players I'm about to read off. Keep in mind, he's, only, he's 26 years old. He's already got more career points than these guys. Jonathan Taves, Peter Forsberg, Ilya Kovalchuk, Zach Parise, Eric Lindros, Corey Perry, Brad Marchand, Tony Amani. I mean, some insane names. Like when I, I think we all said when we heard Taves, it's like you think of Taves being in the league forever. And McDavid's already like passed him just to, you know, eight years in. Yeah, that's absolutely absurd. There's some some serious names that could really dish the puck and put the puck in the net on that list. And I mean, he he's just a, a different kind of animal. Did you guys see the uh the quote that his mother had? Because you know, in Canada, that's that's news, is when Connor McDavid's mom speaks. But um, she was basically saying how when he was like seven or eight he got mad and was complaining to her that one of his teammates during a hockey game was talking to him about a video game and she had to be like you know you're like not normal you do realize that like not everyone cares about this as much as you do like you're obviously an extremely gifted child and are gonna go places but like these are just normal kids who you know 
go to hockey practice, go home, play Xbox, wake up, rinse and repeat. Yeah, he's dialed. It's like uh it's like the Nathan McKinnon like chickpeas pasta, you're a fat fuck and he'll like call, he'll, like kind of haze you for it. It's, yeah. it's pretty funny. It's it, I mean it's it's funny cuz they're good, right? And and they can elevate guys like that, but it is pretty nuts when you when you think about it, but um, I'm really interested to see how he finishes the year. He's already third in the league in scoring. I think he was like 67th a month ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's just skyrocketing. Um, that MVP race between, honestly, that's a two horse race in my opinion. I know Kucherov's leading the league in points, but it's McKinnon versus McDavid in my mind. I, I don't think there's any doubt one of those two guys is going to take it home. So I think he could still get the Art Ross, which is crazy to say considering how much time he's missed and how bad that team has been for the beginning portion of this season and how good Kucherov has been. I just think he's not going to slow down. I mean, he had five last night and it didn't even look like he was trying. I don't know. I, I believe Kucherov has 63 and I think McDavid's at 53 right now so he's yeah. 10 behind him oh he did make that up in like two games <laughs> yeah seriously yeah I, I don't doubt that so um anyways we're gonna move on to the gambling portion of the episode and it is brought to you by prop tracker prop tracker is your home for player prop research and finding out outlier bets for nhl nba nfl and more once you find a bet you like Start tracking it to get notified on its progress, like shots, rebounds, or receptions. Go to proptrackerapp.com slash emptybetters to try a free month of the Android or iOS app. One more time, that is proptrackerapp.com slash betters. I use this app. It's been great for football. Wildcard weekend coming up. That's going to be money for receptions. Just a reminder, the word tracker in prop tracker does not have the letter E. So it is P-R-O-P-T-R-A-C-K-R.com slash empty betters. All right. Just a couple uh, quick tidbits here. Um, Nick, I don't know if you have uh, any apps on your phone at the moment, but while I'm reading these, I'd be interested to know if FanDuel or DraftKings has a uh, an MVP odds for McDavid and McKinnon. <clears throat> All right. So. Top five teams for the over this year. We do this every week just to kind of give you guys an update. We got New Jersey at number one, Detroit at number two, Vancouver at number three, CBJ at number four, and Dallas at number five. Uh, New Jersey, Detroit, and Vancouver all have hit the over six and a half, 23 times this season. Blue Jackets and Stars at 22 times this season. Um, So definitely keep an eye out for those teams. If you follow any of our friends on Twitter, like B-Saw, The Daily Over, Elio, they all like to kind of go side with those teams uh, if they get like against the mid-tier, so keep an eye out for that. Um, let's talk some point props, some names that you might not be thinking about, right? We always see the big names, Matthews, McDavid, over one and a half, crazy value. You know, you're paying minus 200 for that shit. You don't want that. So let's give you some uh, some smaller names where maybe you can dabble. Uh, Yegor Chick. Chinnikov, I believe is how it's pronounced, points in eight of his last 10. You can get that at plus 115 on any given night. The Jackets suck, so you're always going to get good value on their players. Uh, Blake Coleman points in eight of his last 10. Get that around even money. And Morgan Geeky of the Boston Bruins points in seven of his last 10. You can get that around even money as well. So maybe those three guys, you cook up a parlay, a little point parlay, get some decent value. 
Yeah, absolutely. I got your uh, DraftKings odds right here. So uh, for Hart Trophy MVP, McDavid plus 275, Kucherov plus 340, and McKinnon plus 380. And then it goes up to Pasta at plus 750. Ooh. So McDavid's the favorite, huh? He is the favorite across the board. FanDuel has him at plus 290, but the other two are the same. I like the I like the McKinnon value. I I, I was gonna say that, but yeah. I just I can't put my money on anyone but McDavid at at that point. I mean, also like the abs are insanely vulnerable. I'm sorry. Yeah, they are. Well, and the Oilers aren't. <laughs> no, they are. But like it's it's a little bit. Somehow it's different. I don't know if that makes sense. But got a uh, Boston, New York. Vancouver and Colorado all basically with a four-way tie for for number one in the league. I agree, Colorado is vulnerable, but I don't know, McKinnon. It's it's been pretty crazy here. Um, I'll read you some shot on goal props. Nick will get you some World Juniors, and then we'll end the show with trivia and get you out of here. Um, just two guys here for shot on goal props. It's been shaky lately. I, I've been seeing uh, a lot of tweets about the NHL making stat corrections very conveniently. Just having guys miss their line, uh, do with that information what you will. Cole Perfetti, I mentioned him earlier in the episode. It's been a great target since Kyle Connor's been out. His shot on goal line is usually set at one and a half, and he's crushed that number in eight of his last 10. So keep an eye on that. And then John Tavares, over three and a half shots on goal, has hit in nine of his last 10. That's usually around even money. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Nick, I'll toss it off to you for uh, some World Junior updates. Hell yeah, boys. Uh, It has been a lot of fun watching this tournament since the day after Christmas or in Canada, Boxing Day. If you're in the United States, it is just the the day after Christmas. I'm sorry. Uh, It also like, wouldn't it be unboxing day? Like like, never understood it. Yeah, never understood it. Yeah, maybe they all just like meet up in a parking lot and fight. I don't know how it works, but um, maybe Bowens can tell us. A uh, little quarterfinals recap for you guys here. So we had some crazy ass games and the first one in the morning started at six. I did not wake up to watch this one and I'm kind of disappointed. Finland taking down the slow box four to three in overtime. I don't know if you guys saw that overtime goal end to end, just gorgeous inside outside move coming in at the blue line, uh, took the goalie wide, put the backhand right between the wickets. It was sick. Quarterfinal number two, we have to talk about this one. The Czechs take down the Canadians three to two. They score with 11 seconds left. I don't know if you guys have seen the goal, uh, but they knock out the two-time defending gold medalists and the team that beat them for the gold medal last year. It is the fifth time since 2013 that Canada has not won a medal at this tournament. What did you like? What is your guys' initial reactions when you hear that Canada gets knocked out and doesn't win a medal? <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> yeah, that literally that is the uh, the exact reaction. Uh, but I will say, I mean, I was watching the end of this game and like it just looked like Czech didn't have much. I mean, they're throwing everything at the net, but they weren't getting a ton of like really great chances. But that's kind of how they scored the goal. They just threw another one at the net, bounced off like two different things in the back of the net at the worst possible time for the Canadians. It's the way it goes sometimes. So, so I so badly want to like get on this train of like, dude, it's the run for Canada has been nice, but like the other countries have caught up. And to a certain extent, I do believe that specifically the U S and Sweden. I, I think that they're neck and neck with the talent that is coming and they're producing. Yeah. However, I did see a tweet that reminded me 
And it was like, hey, guys, like this sucks for Canada. Don't get me wrong. But uh, there's a guy named Connor Bedard who could play for them and isn't because he's dominating the NHL. Right. And I'm like, wow, like that. And apparently <laughs> there was like two or three other NHL yeah. players that could have gone and played for them. I think um, Patra <laughs> could have gone. No, he um, went. No, he no, did he go. Went. And then I think there were two others that they did not send. I think Benson could have gone. Um, I'm bl- great. Yeah, blanking on the other one. But yeah, and shout out to TSN for being just like typical Canadian hockey media for posting a video like 20 minutes after that loss saying, is Canada no longer the world's number one hockey nation? I'm like, these <laughs> these kids are going to like die, dude. Can you like not do that? No, seriously. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a crazy upset for sure. I don't think uh, anyone saw that one coming. No disrespect to the checks, but you kind of just expect Canada to advance at that point. Uh, they're not getting served Timmy Hortons when they come home. I mean, Absolutely like, not. Oh my double God. price. Yeah, I will. I won't lie. Some of the meltdowns from the fans in the stands were just oh incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's fun. It's fun. It's okay to admit it's fun. It's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, quarterfinal number three, the United States uh, took care of Latvia pretty handily, seven to two. That was the big beatdown of the quarterfinals. The fourth one, Sweden Switzerland. Sweden gets it done three to two in overtime. It was not easy. They went up. I think like two nothing after the first maybe. And then Switzerland slowly just typical Swiss hockey chipped away, fought their way back into this one. There was a slash called at the end of regulation, literally as the whistles being blown. And there was a, what was it? It was a hook in overtime Mac that I know you and I were both watching that one. I don't really agree with either of those calls. Sweden ends up winning the game on that power play and prior to that, they really hadn't had any chances in overtime to win that game. The Swiss had the majority of the chances. So what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, man, I I don't know if the right team won. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's hard to say something like that. But, but just like how you said it, it's like Swiss kind of deserved to win the game. And that hook really bothered me in overtime. I, I just feel like, yeah, did he come up on the hands a little bit? Sure, I guess. But like. In what world are you making that call, especially when you already just called one against them like a couple minutes prior to that? I don't know. it That rubbed me the wrong way. And the announcers were totally like, well, that's a penalty. I don't know why he's I don't know why he's uh, oh, yeah. complaining about that. It's like, well, I'd be fucking complaining about that because that's kind of bullshit. But Don't get me wrong. I am absolutely of the school of thought like, hey, if it's a penalty, call the penalty. But sure. like there is a line. Yeah, and, and it didn't affect the play whatsoever. Like it that just a, hook, a guy touched another guy's hand with his stick, essentially. Right. And they were like, Yeah, that's a hook. And nine like, yeah, point, by definition, but yeah, nine point nine times out of ten, that does not get called in the NHL. And oh, I know exactly. it's different rules, NHL, IIHF. So right. but now we can have this conversation that we have every year where it's like, why are the rules different? And why aren't if we're literally trying to send a lot of these IIHF guys to the NHL, why aren't we training them to be in the NHL with the same right. fucking rules? So you know totally we can, agree. We can have that conversation all day, but yeah. Um Sweden, obviously, being the host country, that place went absolutely ballistic. I do have to say their crowd has been fantastic. I know friend of the program, Emily Rickwood, I don't know if you guys have seen. She's been to a couple of the games. Looks like it's been a ton of fun. Uh, Looking forward to the semifinals, which are today, the day you guys are listening to this, which is January 4th. 
The first one is the Swedes against the Czechs at 9 a.m. Eastern time. That is going to be a fantastic hockey game. That is can't miss television right there, especially at 9 a.m. I'm sure your boss will understand. Just explain to him, you know, that you listen to empty betters and he'll be like, okay, that's fine. Cool. Whatever. Uh, Semi number two is the big one, in my opinion. USA, Finland, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Boys, this is the biggest trap game of all time. Got a bad feeling about this, and I hate to say yeah. that. But yeah, me too. It's so, in Sweden. Sweden versus Finland for gold would be pretty electric. Not to mention the U.S. has had some quite intense run-ins with the Finns in the past five to six years <laughs> in this tournament. Uh, they've knocked us out. They've prevented us from winning gold. We knocked them out in the semis the last time we won gold. So uh, they did not start this tournament well. They were actually in danger of getting relegated out of the top division. And then they went on an absolute tear and ended up beating Sweden in the last game of the round robin tournament. So I'm definitely a little bit concerned about that one. That Finnish team is not something you can overlook. But then again, let's talk about the American team for a second. They have been far and away the powerhouse in this tournament. Uh, Do you think they've been tested enough going into this game? Mac, I'll let you. uh... That's tough. I mean, that's always the million dollar question. It's like. Have you faced enough adversity? We saw that with Canada, what, a couple of years ago when they were just smoking everybody and then they got beat at the end because they finally had to face the adversity. I don't know. I I don't think there's like a yes or no answer to this question. It's just one of those things where you're going to have to fuck around and find out. (laughs) I think that's a great point. I think one thing that's really going to be interesting to look at with this matchup is who starts in goal because we know the gold medal game is going to be on the fifth on, I, th- I believe that's Friday, right. uh, so one thirty. Yep. It's going to be back to back. I know there was, um, you know, Jacob Fowler, the BC goalie started for the Americans against the Latvians. I know Trey Augustine has typically been the, um, the, the go-to guy, the goaltender at Michigan state. And, uh, on the broadcast, uh, both EJ Raddick and Dave Starman were saying that typically you would go with this guy in this back to back, because that would be very similar to his college workload. I was about to say a lot of these younger guys are a little more um, prepared to do it if you need to do it. So, you know, something to think about, but it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah. I know it's been a really hot thing on Twitter here to be betting on uh, the world juniors. We got USA Finland. Like Nick just said, USA is minus four twenty on the money line. Heavy, heavy. Damn. I mean, that's worth putting money on Finland and I would never do it, but. Yeah, that's worth fin- it for sure. Finland at plus three ten over totally under good. at five and a half, kind of like the over that. And then uh, for the other game, uh, Czech Sweden Sweden coming in at minus two sixty. Czech at plus two ten um, to win it all before the quarterfinal game, semifinal games even start. USA is minus one hundred five, so very heavy favorites. Yeah, so they've been the odds What's on Sweden. Sweden is plus two ten. Wow. And how about Finland? Czech plus 600, Finland plus 700. Wow. So wow. based on the Vegas odds, Finland would be the weakest team left. That's weird. Right. Or maybe it's just because they're playing the U.S. I don't know. But uh should be a good finish. Did you read the gold medal game time? Yeah. So that'll be at 1.30 uh, Eastern time. The bronze will be at 9 that morning. Uh, fun fact for you, Ottawa's going to get to host it next year in 2025. And Minnesota, the Twin Cities, are going to host it in 2026, which I am strongly advocating for us to go to. I am, Mac, you 
still better be living in Wisconsin for that one because we're uh, <laughs> we're hitting that one up yeah. for sure. That'd be fun. I'm down either way, I'm down. All righty. Well, uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up with some trivia and get you out of here. But before we do, I know Mac has a word from our sponsor, Elwood's. Yes, sir. Support your local dive bar and have a beer at Elwood's Liquor and Tab, home of the Pizza Luge, located in the heart of downtown Milwaukee on Water Street. This 70s-inspired bar has a little something for everybody. From daily happy hour, rotating taps, free birthday perks, and a four-season patio, a good time is always around the corner. With the full NHL package, plus TV screens inside and out, hockey fans can watch any game, anytime. Last but, la- last but not least, don't forget to... Bring your dogs. They are a very dog-friendly bar, and we will see you down at Elwood's Liquor and Tap. All right, boys, you ready? Here we've got a uh, kind of a kind of a unique one here. It's a, a multi-parter, but it's a, a very recent one. Um, feel like we've we've been doing a lot of like late '90s, early 2000s stuff. Wanted to kind of pitch one for maybe some of the younger listeners, somebody uh, somebody that doesn't know some of the older stuff. Um, so let's uh, let's go here. So. Uh, this player scored just six seconds into overtime on January 3rd, 2018 to give the Red Wings a two to one win against the Ottawa Senators. When he did this again, scored just six, six seconds into overtime. When he did this, this tied the NHL's regular season record for the fastest overtime goal ever. And he tied one, two, three other players that share that record. I'm wondering how many of these guys you can name. So I just told you what team the first guy plays for, and I can give some hints in a second for the other ones. But so we maybe... have to name the four players who have scored the fastest overtime goals ever. Four They've players all scored within six seconds of overtime. Yep. Okay. For the sake of timeliness of this episode, if we start failing hard, we might. Oh need yeah, some I'm, hints. I'm ready. I'm ready. So right. this this Red Wings guy is recent. The other guys, I'm assuming, are all over the place, right? Um, they're actually all within our lifetime. Um, and they're okay. all household. That's kind of why I chose this one. They're all household names for anybody our age or even like a little bit. I'd say anybody like my age should be able to answer this question. Do should I know, have should know all four of these guys easily? Do I have to guess the Red Wings guy first? No, whatever order you want. I think I might get some of these decently. So I'm going to start off. I'll go uh, Patrick Kane as one of them. Nope. Okay. Is Alex Semen one of them? Nope. Okay. 2018 Raymond. Let's go Larkin. Nope. Lucas Raymond. Nope. I don't think he, I don't know if he was on the team yet. 18. Yep. You're Um, right. Let's go. Uh, I'll name this guy. I know he's way up there in terms of overtime goals. Let's go uh, Yager. Nah. Fuck. One of these I I totally knew because I just remembered when he did this. The other two, I, I'll, uh, I'll give you the teams. One of them is a Leafs legend and one of them is a Preds legend. Is there such thing as a Preds legend? Philip Forsberg. I would say this guy is now. Um, Predators and what was the other team? Leafs. Let's go Sundin. Yep, that's one of them. Wow. 
Nice. Yep. Sundin's one of them. So we've got a Red Wing, a Predator, and what's the last team, if you don't mind? I'm wearing it. Okay. Well, I can't, I can't my webcam can't move like that. So <laughs> move your mic. <laughs> you know oh, what he's hat. wearing. Oh, my hat, hat too, buddy. I thought yeah. you said oh. Oh, Nick, guess the Caps one. I feel like you got it. Oh, I, that's why I guessed Semin. I was like, it had to be Alex Semin, right? I feel like I remember that. Ovechkin. Yeah, Toby. Nice. Sundino Ovechkin. A Pred and a Red Wing. Who's the current, like the recently current Red Wing? I say that 2018 was the, like, um, of course, six years ago the now. Wing, but... The Wing is still in the league, um, although he's not on the Red Wings, I don't think. <laughs> uh, the other, the Pred is not in the league. But he hasn't been out of it for all that long. Red's legend. Let's go Shea Weber. Nope. That's a good guess. Well, you know the other defenseman you should guess. Ryan Ellis. Nope. This guy's a center, the Preds okay. guy. But he was on the team. I mean, was the Preds inaug inaugural year? Uh, What, 99? I Is think that, so. I think so. I think I got it. He was he was there. David Legwand. That was my sir. guess. Fuck yes, yeah, Nick. Let's, let's go. go. That was exactly what I was gonna say. All, All right. right. So He's Mr. Predators. Guy, let's be real. The the guy who tied the record in 2018, <laughs> he is still in the league. He is playing hockey games this season. He started his career on the Red Wings. Started left. his career. He was on the wings from 2015 to 2020. And then he's also played for the Oilers, Kings, and Blackhawks. I'm not going to tell you in, in what order. But... Oh, my gosh. Oilers, Kings, and Blackhawks, and Red Wings. Damn it. And he mm. is uh, also a center. Relatively well-known name. Um, I mean, not like a house, household name, but us three all definitely know this guy. He gets talked about enough, not necessarily for like – I feel like he gets talked about more for like – just random like penalties or like I, again I, I don't want to lead you astray. It's not like he's like a total like goon either, but like it's not Sam Gagne, is it? No, that's no. like a terrible guess. Yeah. But he was with Edmonton before. Yeah, he's got kind of an in, uh, interesting name. Is he Russian? No. They love those Swedes. They love those Swedes over they in do. Detroit. Canadian fella. Ah, god damn it. I'm really never gonna get this, am I? I I I truly don't know. Although I would argue that he's got Greek heritage. His name sounds Greek to me. Come on, Nick. I see the I see the wheels turning. The wheels are turning. Steering wheel slapping in full commands. I know, right seriously. Now. Greek heritage. Who does he play for now? I think we're gonna need it. He's on the Hawks right now. Oh, I've got it. Andreas Athanasiu. Nice. Ding, 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 ding. There we go. Good right. one. Nice. Once you said Hawks this year, I was like, okay, Red Wing, Hawk. Yeah. I can do that. Yep. So they've all I scored. Uh, the Kings. They've all scored. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Six second overtime goals. And he was with the Oilers too? For like a year. Probably like Damn. not even a full yeah, year. Yeah, those, those two kind of blur he played, for me. He played nine games with the Oilers. A little bit of a suitcase there. Yeah. 
So, well, that was a good one, Mac. I like that one. Yeah, that was tough. Thank you. All righty. Well, uh, if you're still hanging around after that lengthy episode, we appreciate you. Um, thank you very much. This is a reminder before we wrap up here. If you want to snag any merch from us, you can go to the links in our social bios. Click on the link. You can click on the merchandise, and it'll take you to Wilson Print Shop, our manufacturer for our merch. We just dropped some new stuff. You should go check it out. If you're an LA Kings fan, some good themes over there that I think you'll like. Um, so definitely go check it out. Would also strongly encourage you guys to go visit our YouTube page. I think we're one away from a hundred subscribers. Definitely trying to put some more effort into that channel over there. Um, empty betters on YouTube. You can find in our social bios as well. Got a lot more videos coming over there for you. Um, so thank you once again for listening. If you guys don't have any final words, I think we'll wrap it up here. No, that's it. Uh, keep an eye out. I think we have some more surprise merch coming out soon. So stay tuned for that as well. For sure. Appreciate you for listening. And without further ado, class dismissed. Class dismissed.